fight for ourselves. We didn't play our best football. You know it and I know it. But you didn't quit. You didn't quit. You fought them. You got character. You got something to you. There's a lot of football to be played. A lot of football to be played. You understand me? Yes, sir. We didn't come here to be close. And I'm ticked off by the result. But I'm proud of you guys. Because you fought. And you fought. And you fought. Thank you for joining the ESBC Sports Bidding and Financial Podcast. We're 400% uh, ROI, return on investment. Tesla's like 600 so we feel very fortunate, lucky, and good to be able to be able to have such a high percentage picking games. And since I have an MBA, securities license, every podcast is a business meeting. Every business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. Purpose is to make money, to teach people business and financial concepts, wagering, betting on sporting events. That's really like the stock market now especially with about 40 states legalizing sports betting. So does anybody have a question, people that are piling in on uh, Periscope, on sports betting, on betting college football, which I uh, really love to do, and I've had a lot of success doing it. Uh, Almost every New Year's, I've hit about 80%. And remember, 52.5% is break-even. So when you make 70 to 80% on your wagers, you're making money between the margin of 52.5 and what your percentage is. We're in the mid 60s, college football, and we're at right around 60% NFL football. But more important than that is uh, you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, you give, you teach a man a fish, You feed them for a lifetime. So what we do is we use business and financial concepts in order to get there, all right? And we have on the episode notes and on the websites, the top 10 rules of betting. I post them on Twitter, right? And uh, we'll go into more details. A few things have arisen this year, right? But we're going to go through, we're going to go from last, uh, we're going to go backwards, right? We're going to start with the January 2nd games, and we are going to give you, there's nine games, we'll get seven out of nine. We're going to do the over-unders, there's going to be 18 opportunities. You can parlay the top three you like, uh, because I feel confident, even though for the most part I'm against parlays and teasers. But in, I've been watching football my whole life, more than 40 years watching football, so you'll get some insight that I've learned along the way. And if you have some insight, let me know. Because this is the second year of the podcast. We've grown exponentially. But I've learned a lot from the listeners. I've learned a lot from people on Twitter with their insight or what they know about their team, right? Because capitalism, freedom is not free. And capitalism is built on collaboration, right? being able to help each other out, pick games, all right, and make money. 
right, in capitalism, create your own stimulus instead of waiting for the man to give you stimulus, right? So without further ado, let's get to some winners. And on, uh, I'm gonna switch it up. And on um, Saturday, I'll do the NFL as we have been. I think for the first time in my career now, I've gone 16 straight weeks of profit. That's why our ROI is so huge. Uh, the basic return in the stock market this year has been 50%, right? Um, there's this guy who manages 10 times more money than I do. And uh, he asked me for stock picks. And he was saying that without my stocks, because you take it out, he was at 20%. And he would have been happy with that. We got him way above that. And the sports betting market is easier to figure out than the stock market. So we'll start with, uh, I think, which probably might be... Um, from a technical football standpoint, might be the best game of all of them the, the next two days, as I fix here, I fix this here. All right, uh, and it's gonna be the North Carolina, Texas A&M game. Uh, Texas A&M started the season with a returning 120 starts in that offensive line. That offensive line is lights out. Uh, the only defensive line that can handle this year was Alabama. Everybody else, they were able to do that. And what happens is when you have so many guys on that offensive line for Texas A&M, uh, you can control the game. You get a lead, you can control the game, uh, whichever way you want to go. Uh, you got two coaches who won national titles, right? And Jimbo Fisher and Coach Brown. He's in the third year of that program. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, and he's built that program the way all these guys do, right? They, they want to be able to run the football and be able to stop the run. So what that means for us monetizing that game is that that game is going under the total. So when I talk technical football analogies or technical football uh, strategies, in this podcast, they're geared to you monetizing it so you can go buy gasoline and groceries, right? It's not for anything else. So if I talk about the running game, I'm talking about how the game's going to go into the total, which is, uh, I believe it was 68. You guys can quote me on that. But whatever that total was, we are going to go under it. Uh, and let me look. I'm going to check right now on Bavada and look at what the line is. Because I believe for the most part, uh, SEC teams have been the favorites. So when you look at uh, what people bet, because remember in sports betting, you're not only uh, competing against the casino, you're also competing against other betters, okay? Uh, and uh, it's, you're competing against myths, right? One of the big myths out there is that a person plays a big bet, the line changes, right? And it can or cannot. Sometimes it's manipulation. They say it, it does, but it, it really doesn't. 
so that's something you got to look at, right? And that's something you have to uh, mitigate for yourself. So let me look at that Texas A&M, North Carolina game. It's the last game I studied. Uh, one big, uh, one item, right? One methodology that translates from the financial world to the sports world is fundamental analysis that you use to figure out whether uh, what stock to pick, uh, what if a company is worth investing in, and in fundamental uh, fundamental analysis within that you have corporate governance, right? You study the corporate governance of a company to know whether you're going to invest in it or not. That's why we talk a lot about the coaches and how the coaches make a difference in the game, the, the style of play, so on and so forth. Uh, one coach in this game that's going to make a big difference is going to be uh, Joe Moorhead, who is the uh, offensive coordinator for uh, the Oregon Ducks, all right? But Moorhead was um, going to be the, the offensive coordinator for North Carolina and Mac Brown. Right. What that means to us is that the guy he has in there now, uh, for the most part, it'll, it'll make the game go under. All right. So the line for the Texas A&M North Carolina is Texas A&M minus seven and a half and the over under is 66, 66. So look for this game to go under the 66 and look for North Carolina to cover the eight points. They're not gonna win, right? Uh, Texas A&M has more horses but you got to look at key numbers, right? Key numbers is 7, 10, 3, 14, 17, right? So when you see something like 7.5, go ahead, right? Err on the side of caution. So we're using maybe a, like a uh, accounting approach, right? Err on the side of caution. And remember, you want to get that high percentage. You want to get that what I call compound interest between 52.5 and 70 to 80%. So what you're gonna do is buy the half a point, make it Texas A&M plus eight under 66. Next game we're gonna tackle is gonna be your Oregon Ducks on my mind with uh, Joe Moorhead, your offensive coordinator. Now, number one rule of betting is do not bet your own team. And one of the great things about sports betting is that you can uh, track your decision-making and you can track what biases affect your decision-making that creates a barrier to you making money. So a bias I have is Cuban head coaches, right? Uh, Mario Cristobal is a Cuban head coach of your Oregon Ducks. So I got to check my thinking that I'm not overestimating decisions when you have Cuban head coaches. 
Uh, you got Manny, uh, Manny Diaz, Cuban head coach of the Miami Hurricanes, coach of South Carolina, basketball coach, Cuban guy. So in those games, I got to watch myself. So I got to watch myself here. Matt Campbell, the head coach at Iowa Straight, great guys. So you have two types of people, types of teams in college football. You have the blue bloods that everybody's mad at, that they're always in the playoffs. And you have developmental teams. You have great coaches. The first one was Tom Osborne back in the day, the developed talent, right? And then you have like Nick Satan in Alabama. You have a guy who does both. Ohio State does a great job of doing both of being able to develop talent and just have phenomenal blue blood, blue chip athletes. So Oregon used to be a developmental program. Now they're a blue chip program. Started with Willie Taggart. He did a great job. Uh, the year that he was there at Oregon, Crystal Ball was on that staff. Mario Crystal Ball has several national championships, one as a player, and then one at four as the offensive, uh, offensive line coach for Nick Satan at Alabama. And this man can recruit like nobody's business. And he has the best recruiting classes on the West Coast, and he has the best talent on the West Coast. So uh, this game that you would think for the most part would be developmental team against developmental team. This is actually a blue ship versus developmental. Uh, even though Matt Campbell's done a great job, I will say probably they weren't really in the game against Oklahoma. They really weren't. Uh, Oklahoma controlled the game the whole time. They lost to like Louisiana. And Oregon had a rough time as they got rid of like five offensive linemen that went to the NFL. They got NFL talent there now. They got three guys that are probably going to end up in the NFL on that Oregon offensive line. So they were developing this year. They had two losses. They luck out. They play USC. Now they have this extra time to practice. They have the players and they have the great coaching. So Mario Cristobal, there's a big debate, right? Uh, is it X's and O's or is it Jimmy and the Joes? It's better to have both, right? So Mario Cristobal knows he's limited X's and O's. And plus, there's only so many hours in a day. Uh, he needs great coordinators. And he did a great job. Uh, his last offensive coordinator is now the head coach at UNLV, Arroyo. And now Joe Moorhead, who used to be the coordinator at Penn State, got them to the Rose Bowl, got them to, you know, a lot better. Is it done without him? He goes to the SEC and he becomes an offensive coordinator at Mississippi State, right? So now he's the offensive coordinator for your investment in the Oregon Ducks plus five points. And since you're talking about offensive line guys, uh, both teams like to run the football. Both are, in a sense, Kind of Oregon's going to be more of a blue ship program next year, but there's still a twinge of the developmental. So this game's going under. So you're going Oregon plus five under 58. Uh, another great game. It's going to be early tomorrow. So tomorrow uh, on, on the second, actually, 
on January 2nd, early, you're going to have Mississippi and Lame Kiffin against Indiana and uh, uh, Tom Allen. Tom Allen is a man of faith. Uh, I'll make sure on this podcast, when you want to re-listen to it, if you miss something or you want to kind of mix in some business stuff, um, I'll have a, a great uh, opening speech by the great Tom Allen. Great motivational guy. Great coach. Again, a guy that knows his limitations, has great coordinators. They're missing a starting quarterback. Their backup is just as good. Uh, number one rule of betting is never bet your own team. Number number two rule of betting is always do your research. So if I hadn't seen Alabama, uh, Indiana play, I hadn't seen Mississippi play, I should not bet on the game. But I've seen both teams play. I've seen the backup quarterback for Indiana play. He had a great game against Wisconsin. Uh, Mississippi's missing a lot of players. Mississippi is bad on defense to begin with. Indiana, uh, they have a lot of seniors. They have a great job, done a great job developing talent. So the only reason they hung in a little bit with or came back on Ohio State is because they did a great job developing talent. Indiana, right? It's a great example of that. They're a developmental team. While Ohio State, right, the winner of their conference is a blue ship program. What does that mean is that out of four years, Ohio State's probably going to be good all four years. Indiana's probably going to be good maybe two out of the four or one out of the four. Right? Indiana's case is kind of like one out of the four. Usually when the guys are juniors, they win eight games. When they're seniors and you got junior lane program, you can win 10 or 11. So for that and many reasons, look for Indiana to blow out lame Kiffin and go over the 65. So Indiana minus eight over 65. Same type of situation with uh, North Carolina State and Kentucky. Kentucky supposedly has everybody back. Uh, North Carolina State, both developmental programs. North Carolina State is a little bit more developed. So look for them uh, as plus three. So by that point, get it off the field goal so field goal doesn't kill you and go North Carolina State plus four points over 48. So uh, one of the big mistakes I've been making this year, even though we've been doing well, you got to check your thinking. We use the Hawthorne effect, which is whatever you track and measure, you improve its performance 10 to 20%. So in doing the Hawthorne effect, in politics, they call it action review. In football, they call it uh, self-scouting, is if you live in the past, you die in the past. So this game, if it was last year or next year, it would go under the 48. But this is 2020. Teams are missing guys. They're not uh, they're not uh, tackling as well as they should. So for that and many other reasons, uh, go over the 48 plus four North Carolina State. All right. So we'll go to the mar- tomorrow's games. Right out of the box, you're going to have Cincinnati 
plus eight over the 52 against Georgia. Georgia will be able to score with JT Daniels. However, they're missing players. They're missing seven players. Coach Finkel, who in high school was 106-0 as a wrestler. Um, and the only guy he lost to in college won the national championship wrestling. Uh, man obviously does not like to lose. Uh, again, a guy who knows his limitations, that got great coordinators in Cincinnati to be ready to go. Their defense is going to hang it in, but it's not look for this game to be 27-24 and just barely go over that 52 points, all right? Uh, so Cincinnati plus eight over 52. Northwestern uh, against Auburn. Auburn's going to, any guy that has any potential to the NFL, they're gone. Uh, they're missing their coach. So look for Northwestern, which is very uh well-developed team, right? Remember, blue chip versus developmental. Uh, Northwestern, very well-developed. So look for them to go plus, the plus four, and have this go over 43. Actually, I'm going to change my mind thinking about it. We'll think about Bo Nix. This game, I see this game going under 43. I can see this game being 27-10. Because uh, Auburn uh, is not going to have their offense coordinator, which was Gus Monson himself. Then you have the big playoff games, right? Usually, one game's a blowout and the other one's close. So, uh, now, you bet equal amounts on each game. The money is just as green on the Northwestern Auburn game than it is Alabama Notre Dame. But I see Alabama's defense get roasted. They usually don't get roasted two games in a row. Notre Dame, I'm not impressed at all with the book. So Alabama should beat them pretty good. And it's gonna go under the 66 because Notre Dame, as bad as they are, they still can run the ball a little bit. They have a hundred, more than 100 guys, 100 starts on the offensive line coming back from last year. Uh, and a lot of the analytics is not, it's analytics and statistics does not work in football. But key st statistics do. They're not the end all be all, but they're a tool to get you to the right decision. And the way you get to the right decision, right? is you eliminate variables and co-variables. That ensures your results. So with that being said, uh, look for Alabama to win this game 35 to 10, right? So way, way under the 66. And look for your Ohio State Buckeyes to cover eight points and I see 35 to 30, which would make it under 67. So look for that game to go under as well. But bet equal amounts on each game, nine games, right? So if you bet $1,000 on each game, you are going to make, uh, 
let's say 950 times seven, right? Let's say $6,000 minus $2,000, you've made $4,000. Or if you bet, let's say $100 each game, right? Make $600 in winnings minus 200, boom, you got $400 in profit. And that's what you wanna do. Every time you're watching sports, you use arbitrage. And what arbitrage is, is that what literal definition of it, straight out of the book, when you take a test, a series seven test in finance, arbitrage is when you buy and sell simultaneously several or the same types of securities, right? You take advantage of market inefficiencies to create profit for yourself. Consistent profit. It had consistent profit the last 12 years. So you, and you say, oh, what do you mean the same assets? Well, Nick Saban at Alabama, right? His defensive coordinator for 10 years was Kirby Smart from Georgia from the earlier game. Uh, Luke Finkel from the University of Cincinnati that's going against Kirby Smart used to be the defensive coordinator for your Ohio State Buckeyes. So a lot of these guys think the same. They run the same defenses, the same offenses, the practices the same. So they're the similar or related assets. So when you buy a lot of them and sell them, Simultaneously. So when you're wagering on a game, it's the same process as buying a security, right? So you do what I'm doing. You bet all nine games, you bet equal amounts on each game, and you consistently must make more than 52.5%, which we do. We're at 70 to 80%. Uh, catch me on Twitter. We're going to have the live spreadsheet there where you can follow along and know the whys. So you make money watching sports. We give you better information than what you can pay for. Action Sports charges you $300 a month for the same information we give you for free. The person with the best information wins. So we give you the best information. Why? because we have a spirit of abundance. We don't need your money because we're making money on the games. What we wanna do is we want you to learn business and financial concepts. We want you to not depend on the government for $2,000 stimulus or 600, you make it yourself. And that's, that's what we want. That's the objective. That's what makes me happy. And we always close and books in the background, graduated University of South Florida, Winston Churchill. We always close with us. We not only talk the talk, but we walk the walk of this. The spirit of abundance. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening and watching on the live streams. The ESBC Sports Betting Podcast. Uh, and before I close down, uh, Periscope, let me know if you have any questions. Otherwise, have a great first. And it's going to be crazy. I don't get to watch the Rose Parade in the morning. But uh, we're going to have fun watching the games. Thank you for listening to the ESPC 
betting and financial. That's why this fund don't cost $800 and that costs $200. And I don't know what that costs. I'm just shitting the work. That's why.